Hey, we're in Romans today. Romans 6, if you'll turn to Romans 6. And you may think, Christmas and Romans? Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> Today's title, of course, is called The Greatest Christmas Present Ever. So, church family, can you recall the, uh, the best Christmas present that you have ever received as a child? And I know I'm asking some of you to think back pretty far. But can you recall, just think about it for a sec, can you recall the best Christmas present that you ever received as a child? Maybe the best present came to you when you were a teen, because the present seems to get smaller, heavier, and more expensive, right, as we get older. Or maybe it even came to you as an adult. But my question is, can you see it? All right, try to find that present. Think about it. Can you see it? Most of the toys, if we go back to our childhood, and I think a lot of you will agree with me, most of the toys that we received eventually broke, right, or were lost, uh, or just rusted out and became junk to be thrown out. Uh, sometimes we just outgrew them and ended up passing them down to a younger sibling, or just giving them away. But I need you to do something for me. I need you to make an attempt to go back and recall the excitement that you felt when you received those gifts. Whether they were out on display or you had to unwrap them, just try to recall the excitement. I mean, think about it. All we had to do was get up and walk out to the tree. That was the extent of our journey. That was the extent of our effort. We got up, we walked out to the tree, and there they were, gifts, Christmas gifts. You know, the whole reason <clears throat> we receive gifts at Christmas, the whole reason is because the greatest Christmas present ever given came into the world on a quiet night in a little town called Bethlehem. The whole reason we celebrate Christmas is due to this gift. It's a gift for all. Some have received it. And you know what? Maybe you will never forget the day you did receive that gift. Right? Some are still waiting for the greatest Christmas gift ever. They're still waiting to receive this gift. It's offered, but they're waiting to receive it. So church family, let's talk about the greatest Christmas present ever given. If you're in Romans 6, look at verse 23. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now you may be thinking, Romans 6.23 at Christmas? Come on, Pastor. I know you like to take angles and different uh, perspectives, but what's Romans 6.23 got to do with Christmas? Everything. See, this verse, it speaks of a wage, but this verse also speaks of a gift. Have you ever noticed that in this verse? You have a wage and you have a gift. The free gift. Is there really such a thing as a free gift? I mean, let's go back to school for a minute. 
Let's go back to economics. Maybe, or maybe it was a social studies class. For me, it was economics. Um, do you remember the subject, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch? Raise your hand if you remember the topic, free lunch in school, right? Okay, hey, we're on the same page. Finally, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch. I enjoy this topic in economics. We discussed it for weeks, actually. And um, it's true. Is there really any such thing? Well, according to economics, there is no free lunch. But let me tell you a little bit about it. It's an expression that speaks to the idea that everything ultimately has a cost and nothing is truly free. And we've experienced that in this world. There's also the concept that it is not just, it's just not possible to get something of value or something that's desired without having to pay for it in some way. And of course, the one that's true for all of us, the one that we know (laughs) has stood the test of time when it comes to the world. And that is, and I think we can all find the truth in this one, and that is when someone offers you something for free, they offer it to you for something, something for free, but he or she, whoever's offering it, usually expects something in return. You can try this free, but then you have to buy it. Here, try this. You want to purchase more? So, worldly economics, we can see there's no such thing as a free lunch. But God is beyond our worldly system. So we are going to talk about the freedom or the word free in Romans 6.23. Now, I know there's many more concepts to this subject of the free lunch, but we're not going to talk about those. We're going to look at just the word free in relations to Romans 6.23, the free gift of God. Now, the greatest gift in my verse, or my verse, excuse me, in Scripture that we just read, it talked about a wage and it talked about a gift. So a gift is not earned, is it? No, it's not. A gift is not earned. But a wage is earned. We are not given a gift if we earned it. Because if we earned it, it's not a gift, it's a wage. Everybody here has had to work or is working presently for a wage so that they can function and live in society. You can earn a wage, we do it all the time. But listen, let's go back to our gifts for a second. You may or may not have been deserving, or maybe you did deserve the gifts you received. All the way up to this point in your life, you may have been deserving, you may have not. But deserving or not, that is up to the gift giver, isn't it? Right? If you're going to receive a gift, isn't it up to the gift giver? Of course it is. So I can tell you what we all deserve as beings, as, as beings who exist in the human condition. Because the verse tells us we deserve death. Sin equates to death. Now, Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Not some of us, all of us. Romans 5.12, Therefore, 
Just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Not some, not a few. This, my friends, is what we have earned. All have sinned, all fall short, death spread to all men because all sin. And what is the wages of sin? It is death. That's a sad state to be in, folks. That is a hopeless state to be in. But we've all been in that state. Now, in this verse, there's a very, very special word. Then there is the word but, B-U-T, but. The word but is going to cancel out what was stated prior. What was stated prior is going to go. The focus, what is truly important, is coming after the word but. The free gift of God cancels out death. And this free gift, the greatest Christmas, Christmas present ever given, is Jesus Christ. The greatest Christmas present. God himself coming down from heaven, being born a human, being born a man, giving himself to us and for us. That's amazing. The gift is Jesus. Church family, you cannot work for this gift. Uh, You'll never be good enough for this gift. You don't deserve this gift. And once again, there is no way, shape, or form you can do anything to earn it. It's not a wage. It's a gift. Just like any gift, though, you do have to receive it. Right? If we walk out to that tree and just stand there and look at all those beautiful gifts, I wonder what's in them. Well, you'll never know or experience it till you receive the gift. And it's no different than the gift God gives us in Jesus Christ. So if you want a gift that is being given to you from another, you have to receive it to enjoy and experience that gift. Let's talk practical Christmas gifts. I don't know what you want, and I may be way off, but let's talk practical Christmas gifts. Uh, Maybe it's a doormat. Honey, our doormat, the bristles are falling out every time I wipe my feet, and the corners are curling up. It'd be really nice to get a new doormat for Christmas. That's a practical gift, right? Wouldn't you love to replace the old one? Ladies, honey, my lipstick's running out. I need apricot spice? Is that a lipstick? Do y'all's lipstick taste? Are they flavored like chapstick? Or is it just color? Is it just color? I know nothing about lipstick. Okay, so apricot spice is not a flavor for a lipstick. Well, we're going with it. So honey, my apricot spice lipstick, I'm running out. I need a new one. That's a practical gift, right? What about our kids? Our kids all, pretty much everybody has a video game console of something. If they got a brand new video game, you know that would keep them 24-7 busy. Video game, or I don't know. Man, I'll go with you for a second. Um, I'm missing my half-inch socket. I have all the other sockets, but I'm missing that one. I need to complete the set. That's a wonderful practical gift. So you've got these things 
that you can use. They complete something. They'll fix a problem. They're practical, right? If you got up on Christmas morning and, and somebody gave it to you, and maybe your Christmas present's not anything I just said, okay? I get you. But think about the present you'd like to receive on Christmas. Just think about it. No matter how big or how small, you think about it. But you get up on Christmas morning and you go out there and somebody gives exactly what you want. Would you turn it down? Okay, maybe the lipstick. I was a little off on the lipstick. But you wouldn't turn down the other things, right? Like, I got my half-inch socket. Now my set's complete. You'd want that. Oh, let's throw that doormat in the garbage and put the brand new one out. Right? Practical gifts. We wouldn't turn those things down. They fix a problem. They make things better. It's a cute little gift that just, you know, it's something you wanted. Something not maybe a big desire, but something you wanted. And it filled that. Here's my wish, and I thought about this all week. I wish that we could all open a present. You get up on Christmas morning, you tear the paper, you open the lid, and when you look in the box, what you see is your eternal life. What you see when you open the lid to that box is you see your resurrected body. Uh, when you open that present, you get to see and experience what it'll be like in the presence of God, the very presence of God. You open that box and in whole, you see your inheritance. You see your whole inheritance. I gotta tell you, I don't believe that anyone would turn this gift down. Even the most hardened of hearts, I believe they would wholly accept this gift, smiling ear to ear. I am willing to bet that the strongest, hardest atheists out there, if they were to open a present like this and truly experience the gift of God and what he has in store, they would receive it wholeheartedly. I do. <clears throat> they would see the gift for what it truly is. Actually, they would see the gift for who it truly is, and that is Jesus. <clears throat> But in order to enjoy and experience the gift, it has to be received. And Jesus, the greatest Christmas present ever, has to be received in faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Now, here's what's exciting. Grace is the gift. Salvation is the gift. Faith is the gift. All these great gifts come from God. They all come down from God, the greatest gifts. And this is no different here. All are a gift from God, but faith. Let's talk about that gift. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It's important to remember that verse, because guess what, church family? We do not get to open a present on Christmas morning that shows our inheritance, that shows our heavenly experiences. We're not going to open the lid to that box and see what I had mentioned prior. We're not. But 
We do have the Word of God, and it conveys the good news of what we are in store for. It's not like we're left with no gift or evidence of the gift. It's in the Word of God. So we receive the greatest Christmas present ever given, that is Jesus, and we receive him in faith. There has to be a greatest giver. I mean, if we have received the greatest gift ever, then it stands true that there must, it must have come from the greatest gift giver. So, our parents give us great gifts, don't they? And maybe they're still giving you. My parents have checked out. Cheese puffs. Brittany, is that what we got last time? Cheese puffs? Checked out, man. I can hint, I can send texts and emails. Cheese puffs? But, you know, we eat them up anyways. So, parents give great gifts. Parents still give great gifts. Grandparents can give great gifts and still give great gifts. Oh, boy, do I remember those days. We have other relatives too, right? I mean, think about it. Aunts and uncles. We have other relatives that give us. i got to share this story. I have an uncle. He's passed on. I was a little kid. I don't know. Little, pretty little. We went to Savannah, Georgia. I have a lot of family in Savannah. We went to Savannah, Georgia to my Grandma Ivy's house for Christmas one year. And my uncle, now I've gotten stereos and guitars and unicycles and bikes and camping gear. I've had great Christmases at home. But this year at my Grandma Ivy's house, my uncle gave me the most awesome gift ever. For a little kid, I walk out the back door and there it is, my first mini bike. Anybody had ever had a mini bike? Oh, yes. Dog ugly this thing was. It was used. It wasn't new. It was, I called it Frankenstein. I mean, it had this giant, it was huge mini bike. Orange frame, massive lawnmower engine. Yeah, all my guys' friends had 80s and 125s. They, you know, they could kickstart their motorcycles. I was like, you know, I had to pull that thing to start it. But the torque on that mini bike, I could go anywhere I wanted. Where they would get stuck or they'd have trouble, I would go anywhere. It had an orange frame. It had a square gas tank. I've never seen it before in my life. I think it was the only one ever made. Unbelievable. I mean, the seat was gigantic. Lazy Boy designed this seat. It was the most cushiony, softest seat on a mini bike. I had a, like a, a sissy bar on the back. I had a massive headlight. I mean, whoever built this thing, Frankensteined it together with absolute love. It was ugly, but man, oh man, it was fun. Greatest Christmas present ever. I still dream of it, by the way. I don't know if you dream about stuff. I open the, open the utility room door on Casablanca Road where I grew up, and there it is. Or I had an aluminum shed, you know, the kind where you got to like pry the metal doors open that get stuck, and there it is. I still dream of this mini bike. If I still had it, I'd be riding it to church. Man, I miss that thing. The reason I bring up my uncle, my Uncle Bill, and this mini bike, as I have never forgotten, I have never forgotten that day or the excitement or who it was that gave me that gift. But since then, I have found out there is a much, much greater gift giver. That, that experience with the mini bike, that excitement, can't touch it. Can't touch this gift giver. The greatest gift that we have ever received or can receive this Christmas comes from God, John 3, 16. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Do you realize this verse relates directly to Romans 6.23? To perish is death, is it not? And then, of course, it speaks to eternal life, the free gift that's being given. Perish equates to death, and eternal life is our free gift. This gift comes from God because of his love. The verse tells us right there, because of his love. And again, the gift he gave us is his only son, Jesus. Now, Did God give out of selfish motive? Did God have some ulterior motive? Was he trying to just sway us and get us on his side? Was he trying to win our favor? Did God need to do that? Did he see something in us that we could offer to him and that's why he gave? Of course, the answer is no to all of the above. I mean, he loved us first. He loved us first. He loved, his love for us, it's just as simple as that. It's just as simple as that, that he loved us first and that he loved us. So how does he demonstrate this love? Because it's easy to talk about God's love, a bullet point, God's love, but let's dive deeper. What, What does it look like? How does he demonstrate it? Well, he demonstrates it for us in Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Church family, every single one of us at one point in time was a slave to sin before the freedom in Jesus. So he still loved us. He still died for us while we were sinners. That is a beautiful demonstration of love that I don't think any of us could ever match. What about this one? What does his love look like? 1 John 4, 9 and 10. In this love, in this, excuse me, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Merry Christmas. In this, the love was made manifest. We get to see the reality. We get to see the beauty, the color, the fragrance. We get to see and experience this love in the person of Jesus. He was made manifest among us. The love was made manifest, and we get to experience it fully through Jesus. Man, that's huge. That's huge when you think about Jesus coming into the world and understanding just the, just the, the, eternal, the eternal consequences for that, for all of us. Our text today tells us that this gift is free. There's no getting around it. Free to us, right? Going back to the subject of economics, free lunch. This free gift, it is really free. To us, yes. We only have to receive what is being offered. I mean, this free gift actually 
cancels out the what we actually deserve, doesn't it? It cancels out the what we deserve or the wage we have earned. So it costs us nothing to receive this gift, but it cost him everything to give it. Have you ever wanted to give someone a present, someone you love so bad, and it cost you greatly? Whether it was effort in making it in time, right? Whether it was the expense. But I need you to know, the gift you received in Jesus cost him everything. And it was for you. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians that we were bought with a price. It actually says that a couple times. Church family, you were bought with a price. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 1 Peter 2.24, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you've been healed. Which reminds me of Isaiah 53.5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. Now let me go back. Because did you catch all that? This is huge for Christmas. Huge. In, 520, excuse me, in 521, the verse says, For our sake we might become. For our sake. So what it's saying is for our sake, he became sin so we could become his righteousness. It was a trade-off. For our sakes, we got to become. He took on the filth and we took on the beauty, the righteousness. What about this one, 224? He bore so that we live. What did, he, what did he bear? Our sins upon his body on that cross so that we could live to righteousness. Yep, there's the trade-off. I will take what you deserve. I'll take what you deserve and I'll give you what you don't deserve. See the difference between a wage and a gift? It's huge at Christmas. The difference between a wage and a gift. What about this one? 53.5. He was for our. He was what? He was crushed. He was pierced for our transgressions, for our iniquities. He had that chastisement placed upon him. And get this. His wounds heal us. That is a crazy concept. His wounds heal us. The greatest gift given is Jesus Christ, given to us by the greatest gift giver ever, who is God. So then there has to be the greatest reason for the greatest giver to give us the greatest gift. The greatest reason, of course, is love. You can take everything back to love. You can look what God has done for us and everything boils back down to love. In fact, the beginning of 1 John 3, you're not turning there, we're not looking at it, but the very beginning of 1 John 3 tells us this. It says, see what kind of love, 
See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are? The kind of love that God has given has made you and I children of God, and so we are. The greatest reason for this free gift, think about it, when you and I reach the end of our lives, for what we deserve, when we reach the end of our lives, whenever that may be, that ending is what we deserve for the lives we lived. It's what we deserve. You may be saying to yourself, well, if I hadn't been born into sin, which isn't my fault, it's unfair by the way, I may have had a fighting chance. Well, I would like to take you back to the Bible and says that all fall short, <laughs> all have sinned, even one small transgression stains the person, making them a what? A sinner. That is what we have earned. The wage paid, folks, for what we've earned? Death. If we had a chance of anything different, it was lost the very moment we took our first breath in this world. If you thought you had a fighting chance to be sinless and live a perfect life, <laughs> you lost the battle the very first breath you took in this world. And that is why God gave us the greatest Christmas present ever. Jesus Christ was the only one who could change our trajectory. Jesus Christ is the only one who could change our direction from death to life. He is the only one who could secure our very lives to live in eternal state with him rather than separated from him. Jesus entered this world in Bethlehem, born of a virgin, so that he could die providing us, providing us with redemption through his death. And this redemption was purchased with his blood. It cost him everything. It's free to us. It is indeed free to us, but cost him everything. You know, the very child that Mary held in her arms would grow into the man that would hang on a cross. Every time we sing a Christmas song, every time I look at my nativity set, I think that child was held by a mother that took all this in. She pondered all these things, taking it in, but she loved that child, and that very child would have to die on a cross for all man. Man, that's powerful. That is powerful. So Jesus Christ was a gift to us when he entered this world that very first Christmas night. Indeed, he was a gift. Jesus Christ, he was a gift to us when he gave his life for us on the cross, Indeed. He was a gift to us when he took his life back and walked out of the tomb. He was a gift to us when he took his life back, walked out of the tomb, and ascended into heaven where he intercedes for us. He fights for you. He defends you. What a gift. And he will be, he will be a gift to us when he returns to take back what belongs to him home, and that's you, and that's me. 
hey, whatever you receive this Christmas, it will not be greater than the gift you have already received or the gift that God is offering you right now here today. Because there's some of you here that may have never, ever accepted this gift in faith. You've never opened the present. He's offering it to you right now. Jesus Christ is the greatest Christmas present ever. John 1.12 says this, and I'm going to use this verse next week. But to all who did receive him, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And we talked about that earlier. To be a child of God, to be children of God. That means to live in the security and the blessed hope of seeing Jesus face to face. The security, the blessed hope of seeing him face to face. Right? Jesus reestablished the connection. <clears throat> he brought peace between man and God. This all happened at Christmas, by the way, that first Christmas night. He made the way for us. He restored our original relationship with God. Jesus did all of this. He did all of this. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus is the greatest Christmas present ever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you once again. We all know the story of Jesus. All of us have read Luke so many times. We know the beautiful story of Jesus. We know hundreds and hundreds of years. We even know we can go back to Genesis and we see Jesus all along. He was the plan to redeem us. Father, we did not deserve this gift. We did not earn this gift. It's because of your love and your love only that we were able to be offered this gift and we receive it wholeheartedly. Lord, we receive it in faith and we praise the name of Jesus for this gift because we know it was a hopeless state. It was a sad state, but not anymore because the free gift of God is eternal life. We thank you for the gift of Jesus. We know what it costs you. We know it's free to us, but we know what it costs you. Lord, if there is someone here today, I hope they know that Jesus was, uh, came to this earth for them. I hope they realize that God sent his son to die for them. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, just pray this, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for Jesus. And I want to ask you right now, Jesus Christ, please come into my heart, come into my life, and save me. I believe that you died on that cross for my sins. I believe that you rose from the grave three days earlier. I believe in the power and in the name of Jesus. I pray for you to become my Savior. Lord, I pray if someone's here today, Lord, that they, and they don't know you, I pray that they took these words and they said them, and they said it with all their heart, Lord. They could have just thought these words in their heart and you would save their very soul, Lord. Lord, I pray right now for conviction. 
I pray for encouragement over this church family, over this whole body of believers. Lord, that we see how precious this season is. This Christmas season, Lord, is all about Jesus. Our worship of Him, our praise of Him, our thoughts, our mindset on Jesus, because that is the only reason there is Christmas. So, Father, let us think about Him wholeheartedly. Let us think about Him with our minds constantly. Let us think about the God who sent His only Son into this world to save us. That's Christmas. Father, we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.